Welcome to the River Bluff Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon from Lead Pastor Joe Still. And for more information about us, please visit riverbluff.org. We're glad you're here today. Let me, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we come in the name that is above all names. The name of Jesus in whom we have victory. And we just want to celebrate that today. And thank you, oh God, for the sweet, precious victory over death, over sin that we have only in Jesus. And so we come today to celebrate, to give thanks, to think about that victory that you've given us individually and then corporately as your people known as River Bluff Church. Help us today, dear God, as we think together, as we we study together, as we maybe recommit together or commit to the first time to something new and fresh. Guide us and direct us, Holy Spirit, we pray in Christ's name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you. You may may be seated. Um, We, uh, our team came back from Ambato, Ecuador. Thank you so much for praying for us. Uh, We had a great time in the Lord. We'll we'll take some part of our uh, time next week to kind of unpack that along with our team from Cuba. So I, I hope you'll be here for that. Now, before I get into the message today, and just so you know, things are going to be, uh, start to say abnormal, different, whatever word works best for you. Some of them saying, I don't know what that would look like around here. Anyway, um, always abnormal. But there's two things that I, I, I want to I just bring to your attention. The first one is this. Um, we've been telling you something is coming. Um, and and it's, it's here now. Um, and so I'm going to ask Lynn Kite. Lynn, come up here if you would, please, dear. Where, there she is. Lynn, come on up here. Um, some of you know this, that uh, Lynn has been the mayor of the city. Y'all, who, who knows what the city is? Y'all know what the city is? Okay. It, it, yeah, the, the mayor of our city. But, but here's what happened. The, the organization, the company that built the city shut it down. So she's been without a job. Um, so she's, she, she's not been, she's not had the mayor here for, for, for some time, but uh, the, the city was kind of our social media in-house network so we could communicate in groups as a church um, to keep everybody kind of connected. Uh, and they've come out now with the, what's replacing the city called The Realm. And so just as every great city needs a mayor, Every realm needs a monarch. And so since she has, you know, lost her status as a mayor of a city, we thought we would have a coronation today. <laughs> and so Lynn, here is, here is your robe. You know, just go ahead and clip that. And here is your scepter. Okay, and so um, you, you got it, dear? Okay, and um, and here is your crown. So there's a coronation. This is long live the queen. Okay, yeah. Okay. 
what she she's the, she likes being called the ruler of the realm. So anyway, but to, tomorrow the ruler of the realm is going to send you an invitation if we have a good email address on you. It's going to send you an invitation to let you know uh, about how to get into the realm and we're going to ask you to dive into that pretty quickly. If you have questions in the coming days and there's going to be some because we know that we're still trying to figure it out so be patient with us in house um, and with the ruler of the realm here be patient with her as she, she does that but you'll be getting invitation. There's also scattered around um, I think at the welcome centers uh, especially are some guides to help you kind of quick quickly get into the realm and know how to use it and uh, but anyway it's coming uh, and please sign up for it we'll talk more about that in just a little bit thank you Lynn for being such a good sport <laughs> Guy Smith's wife uh, Linda told Guy that she'll get us back and, and we're, we're sure she will Okay, that was the first announcement that I had to make. The, the, the second announcement that I, I, I need to, to press into um, is uh, something that we have learned ar around here, um, I, I, I think. And, uh, and so we're doing something today that I don't think we've ever done since we became River Bluff Church. Um, this morning we're doing that. And uh, years ago I read a book entitled um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Anybody read that? Okay, anybody remember what habit number two is? Remember that? It's begin with the end in mind. And so I want all of us to kind of begin. I'm going to give you the end of the message right now. And I know some of you say, well, then I'll just leave after that. No, don't do that. I want to give you kind of where we're going so you'll recognize it when we get there. In order to do that, I need everybody here to pull out a blue sheet. Now, there's a, a blue sheet in the seat back in front of you that looks like this. So I'm going to ask you to pull that out. It, it, it's entitled Life at the River, Connecting to the Covenant. But I want you to flip over to the back side of it. And on the back side, there are a couple of things that we're going to ask you to fill out. Your name. I don't want you to sign it yet. Please do not sign this until the end of the message. But your name, the best email address you have, a best phone number that you have. And then at the end of the service, I'm going to ask you to, to consider, to pray about, re renewing your commitment if you've been a member of River Bluff Church I'm just going to ask you to consider renewing your covenant commitment but if you've never been a member this morning we're going to give you an opportunity to join our church now normally you have to go through a two and a half hour two hour two and a half hour workshop and then meet with the membership coach after that today at the end of the service if you want to commit to membership you will be able to do that because we're going to cover much of that and then um, all you'll have to do is have about a 15 minute with a member uh, meeting with a membership coach and we'll set those up at a time that's convenient for you. So just know that we're, we're going to go through this today. And what I want you to do is, is, is be captured by this. So now the, the message is going to start. Now instead of a one-page worksheet, you should have a multi-page document. And some of you are saying, well, it normally takes you, you know, 50 minutes to get through, um, you know, that other thing. I can't even find mine right now. Does anybody see mine laying around anywhere? Um, 
Well, just everybody pay attention to something else that's going on in the room. Here we go. I got it. Um, it should look like this. If you don't have one, I, I, I would love for someone to bring, I think some of our ushers at the back doors would be willing to do this. We just want to make sure that you have one of these today because it, there's going to be some important information that we're going to, to share with you and give you, um, especially if you're even entertaining for a moment the possibility uh, of joining joining River Bluff today. It would be important that you have one of those, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and, and dive in. We've been in a series that we call Connect uh, for about the last, I don't know, 14 weeks, 15 weeks or so. And all we're doing is we're making our way through the book of Ephesians. And in the book of Ephesians, two weeks ago, we looked at verses 1 through 13. And I want to draw your attention back to verse 10. Because verse 10 says something powerful. And it says this. It says, God's purpose was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So what, what I want us to do today is I want us to think carefully about God's specific call on River Bluff to display his wisdom. God, the wisdom of God in a variety of ways. So I, I want us to think about how we, how we are and can do this as a church. And again, I want to start with a passage of scripture. Uh, the words of Jesus that he used when he launched his public ministry. And this is found in Mark chapter 1 verses 14 and 15. Hopefully this is a familiar passage to many of you. It says this in verse 14 of, of Mark chapter 1. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. And this is what Jesus said. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Now that word time there that Jesus used is a unique word. It's the word kairos. Uh, it's not the word chronos. There were two different words that Jesus could have used to talk about time. Uh, he could have used like chronos, like chronological time that's ticking away on your watch. But he used kairos, which is a different kind of time. We would, in our culture, we would say something like, it's, it's, we had a good time the other day. Well, that, it's talking about the quality of time, not, not the quantity of time. And so what I, I want us to do is, is to understand what Jesus was talking about there. Now, we've given you a definition in your listening guide today of what kairos is. Um, you can read that. I'm not going to read through it right now. But here's what, this is Joe's quick definition of, of what kairos time is. Kairos time is time that is pregnant with potential. It is filled with potential. It's filled with kingdom potential. Something that God could do. Uh, something out of the ordinary where he breaks through kind of common ordinary moments. And in that, gives people an opportunity to step into his kingdom. To actually, the, you know, we, we pray, uh, God, we want your kingdom to come and your will to be done. Well, God wants to do that more than we want it. He wants his kingdom to come and his will to be done in our lives. And so, what Jesus was talking about there about Kairos time is, it is possible for you and I, while living on the earth, to step into the kingdom of God and, and be engaged in, in, in kingdom living. Now... Out on our main hallway, many of you have probably already seen this before. We've given you kind of an image of it uh, in, in your listening guide there. But on our hallway, there, there's, that wraps around our main hallway, are these events in the life of River Bluff Church. River Bluff Midland Park Church. And what those are, some people may look at that and say, ah, oh, that's, that's the history of the church. 
And in some ways it is the history of the church, but here's how we think about it. We think about it more as, here is the history of God's invitation to our church. The times that, and it's just, it's not all of them, it's just some of them. The, the times when God has said, I want to invite you into what I'm doing. See, we, we don't think it's our job to come up with great plans and ask God to bless them. We believe it's our job to listen to God, to walk closely enough to Him so that when He speaks and gives us an invitation, we can join Him. And so that's what that wall is. It's, it's moments, kairos moments, because both individuals and churches can experience these moments when God speaks and we have this opportunity to step in. And so that... that map, if you would, that, that history of Kairos moments is not about us, but it's all about God. And so the verse that goes over the top of that is Ephesians 3.20, and this is what it says. It says, glory belongs to God, whose power is at work in us, and by this power he can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. See, God has continuously and graciously invited this church to join him in what he's doing in our city, what he's doing around the world. And so because of that continuous activity throughout decades, we live with an anticipation. Um, I, I, would, I would even say that we live with a, a, a holy expectation that God's going to invite us again. That God's going to do it, do it some more. That he's going to, con as we continue to seek him and, and put him first in our lives and in our church, God's going to continue to invite us in. And one of the Kairos moments that I want to draw your attention to real quickly happened back in 2012. And in 2012, God gave this church a renewed vision vision and a refined purpose. He renewed our vision and he refined our purpose. And um, so I, I want to I kind of open your eyes to that. And this is, for, for many, this is a reminder. For some of you, this may be the first time you've seen it. But in 2012, God, God renewed our vision. And this is the vision that he has given to our church. And it's simply this. That our, our vision is to become a community of disciples of Jesus who live this three-dimensional lives, first of all, in relationship to God, we call that up. And then in relationship to other believers, we call that in. And, and then to uh, relationally engaging the lost and, and dying world. Um, and we call that out. And we'll talk a little bit about, more about that up, in, and out movement. Um, but th this, this is what we have been given as a vision from the Lord for this church. And I said he renewed our vision. He also kind of refreshed our mission. He had given us these marching orders. Now where a vision is a preferred future, a mission statement, a purpose statement is, is like our marching orders. Here's what we've heard God say, go do. And so our mission, and many of you, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's in bold black letters on the wall in our atrium. I hope you see it today. It'll be behind you as you go through the lines to get food. So look, um, it says this, our mission is to make disciples who make disciples uh, who change the world. Our mission is to make disciples who make disciples who, who change the world.
Now we believe that we do this just one person at a time and we go change the world by giving every man, woman, and child multiple opportunities to, to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus right where they live, work, and play. They, they don't have to come to church in order to hear the gospel. We take the gospel out to them. And so that is, that is our vision that God has given us and that is our mission that God has given to, to this church. And I'm asked uh, Tim Vienu if he would come now uh, and lead us in a time of prayer that we would actually be those people who would live out that vision, um, who would carry out that purpose in our, in our area of accountability um, as well as in our city uh, and then in the world. Now when I say our area of accountability, part of the vision that God has given us is a, a, a unique accountability to a specific area of our city that we're going to tackle lostness. We're, we're saying to God, God, we're responsible to overcome lostness in, in this area. And that area is on a map on the back wall. And I encourage you one day to stop by there and look at it and begin praying through that with us. But we, we're asking God to help us live out that vision, live towards it, and to carry out the purpose that he's given us. Tim, if you'd lead us to pray into those, I'd appreciate it. Let's talk to God. In the Psalms we read, O oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice where I would give it. You will not be pleased with burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. Father, each day I pray that my heart will be broken for you. That I would not fall into routine, but would be excited for what you will reveal to me each day. Open my heart to act on what you reveal to me as you refine me for your purposes. Lord, share with me your vision and lead me to do things differently and better today so that what happens tomorrow in me, in the lives of others in my community, and in your kingdom will be better than it was yesterday. Thank you, Father, that you love me so much that you won't leave me as I was. Amen. Pray with me this morning, Lord God, we come. We come declaring your majesty, your might, your power. God, we declare not just with our voices, but with our hearts and our lives that you are awesome. You're an awesome father. You're an awesome king. You were awesome to invite us into your kingdom and then to be your church on earth, carrying out your mission. Thank you, God, for giving us a vision and a mission. You're awesome. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. By now you have probably picked up, we're going to kind of move in and out of things a little bit uh, this morning and we're doing that today. Now one of the things that I hope you understand or will be at least captured by is the reality that 
the vision that God has given us and the mission that God has given us was not just kind of a random thing. It was, it's something that naturally flowed from the people that he had brought together. The people that he made us to be in his sovereignty. God doesn't just hodgepodge things. God has a plan and he's working out that plan. And so much of the vision and mission really flowed out of some core values and essential beliefs that God had given to this church. And so I want to walk you through what we understand to be core values of this church, especially if you're thinking, you know, about maybe joining and saying, I want to be a part of this. And so we want you to understand these are, these are just core to our soul here at River Bluff. And the first one of those is the gospel. The gospel. And we believe that the gospel is the announcement uh, of the kingdom of God which has entered history to change the world. God stepped into the world and that the power of the gospel can set us free from the power of sin and the power of death. And it has the capacity to change any human life that would surrender to it. And then allow us to be in fellowship with God now and, and forever. We believe that the gospel is God's act on us. It's not something that we manufacture. It's God at work upon us. And then God working in us. And then God working through us. Because his heart is to redeem a lost world. And so that's... that's what I would call the first of our core values. Now these aren't in like order of importance necessarily um, but they, they do connect. The second core value is changed people or, or changed lives because we believe that the gospel has the power to change a human life, any human life, no matter who you are or what you've done or how long you've done it. The power of the gospel can change that life and it starts from the inside and works its way out. And God does this work through a collaborative process with us as we open our lives to him and we submit ourselves to him and surrender ourselves to him. God conforms us to Christ's likeness as we obey, as we, as we commit to that. And so he begins forming the character of Jesus in us so that the fruits of the Holy Spirit become part of the way we live. It just kind of flows out of us. And then that impacts every relationship that we have uh, in our families, in our homes, where we, where we live, work, and play. Because that's the way God plans to change the world is through his people who are being sanctified in Christ. A third value that we have is we, we, we value Charleston. Now, when I say Charleston, I'm not talking about just downtown on the peninsula. When, when we say Charleston around here, we're really talking about the Tri-County area. And we believe that God has strategically placed this church in this location of the Charleston area for the purpose of seeing the gospel permeate every person in the city, starting where we're at, starting in our area of accountability, starting in, in, in North Charleston, starting on the Dorchester Road corridor, starting in Somerville that God has placed us here and that every member of River Bluff Church is to be an agent for that movement of God's work in Charleston. And so we, we, we talk about seeking the welfare of our city. It is something that's important to us. We, we believe that as the city prospers, the gospel will prosper going out. And so we, we're committed to the welfare of the city. And one of the reasons we, we're so committed to this is we believe this about our church. Because God has called us to foreign missions as well as local, we're, we're convinced that the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. And so it has to start here. 
Um, one of the ways that you can engage in this coming up very soon, uh, on June the 9th, our church is going to be involved in a, in a food distribution. Um, it's part of something, a commitment that we've made to partner with the city and the county. And we test this every year. Um, it's called In-Dip. But I would encourage you, look in your newsletter, sign up to volunteer on June the 9th. Uh, you need to be here at 9 o'clock and we'll serve through noon and into the afternoon. Uh, and it will, Pardon me? June 1st, like I said, June 1st. June 9th is something totally different. <laughs> and when I tell you that Kingdom Sunday's on June 1st, somebody shout out June 9th, okay? Uh, yes, June 1st. Uh, you can sign up. We need volunteers for that. But it's one of the ways that we show that we love our city. And so I want to encourage you to participate in that. And because of uh, our love for the city, that, that compels us into our, our next core value, which is mobilization. Now you're saying, huh? How is mobilization a core value? Well, it's a core value to us because we believe that the gospel compels us to go out. That a changed life recognizes that it's not merely for itself. It's for something bigger. It's for the kingdom of God. And so we come to believe that God saved us, yes. But he saved us to send us out. And so this will mean that we, we go to share the gospel. Now, in most cases, we will serve others to, to build the right, to win the right, if you would, to share the gospel with them. And so, most of the time, serving will kind of come before sharing. And so, we will always need to be a people who are on mission, mobilized, serving our, our city, our neighbors, for the sake of sharing the gospel in the days ahead. Fifth core value that we have is biblical community. B biblical community. Now this isn't just like the community that you live in, the neighborhood kind of thing. Th this has to do with some other words you may want to write beside that are the words connection and the word fellowship. That word fellowship is most often used um, in, in the Bible for what we're talking about. But here's what happened. That word kind of got co-opted and years ago for Baptist churches, fellowship meant something had to die and get fried. Um, or you couldn't have fellowship. Well, you can have fellowship without catfish or chicken. It can happen. I know it's harder, but it can happen. And so we, we use the word community, biblical community or, or connection around here because we believe the Christian life is best done in relationships. In fact, the only way that Jesus points out the Christian life truly being lived out is in relationships of mutual accountability, rich fellowship, ministering and serving the world together. Now, there, there are many ways that you and I can do life together with, with other Christians, but what we're saying is we believe it is essential and in the best interest of the individual and the kingdom of God for us to do life together. Our sixth core value is the kingdom of God. We believe that River Bluff Church is a kingdom endeavor. It is, not, it is not made by human hands. It's something that God owns. It's for his glory. And that God's plan for River Bluff Church is to be as excited about the growth and movement of other churches, other biblically-based Christ-centered churches. And so we're to work for their health. We're to work for their, their welfare. We're to, we're to see ourselves as collaborators and not competitors. And so we set out to pursue ways to help other kingdom-minded churches become everything that God intended for them to become. Because we see ourselves as just an outpost of world redemption. Not, not, it's not all about us. And so on June the 9th, 
We will celebrate what we call Kingdom Sunday. This is an annual celebration around here, but we don't do it together. Normally when we have a celebration, we gather. For this celebration, we scatter. And so we will not have services here on June the 9th, but we are sending you out to other churches in our community in the, in the greater Charleston area to go bless them. And the way that we encourage you to do that is to take your tithe and offering that you weekly that you would give here that week and take it and bless some other church. Look for ways to pray for them, to serve them, to connect with them in the days ahead. We've seen God do some incredible, just incredible blessings through Kingdom Sunday. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about that next week. So I hope you'll be there for that. Now, our, our vision and mission and core values didn't just kind of pop up. They actually flow out of our essential beliefs. And I'm going to move through these rather quickly. If you notice in your workbook, there's a QR code at the top of that page. If you, if you, you know, line that up and click on that, it will actually take you to some of the things that I'm telling you um, here this morning. And so I'm going to move through these really quickly. You can find them on our website. But these are, these are our essential beliefs, 10 essential beliefs. First, it, we, we believe about God that there's only one living and true God. That God is infinite in holiness and he is perfect in every way. And that the only way we can know about anything about him is that he reveals himself to us. And he has done that as Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit. These, the, the, these distinct attributes without division, um, perfect in nature and essence of being. That's, that's who God is. He's revealed himself that way. There's some scripture, re scripture references there you can go to. Um, we also believe about Jesus Christ that he's the eternal son of God, born of a virgin into this earth, that he is co-equal with God the Father, that Jesus came to this earth, he lived a sinless life, he offered himself as the perfect sacrifice for the sins of all people by dying on the cross and then that he was raised from the dead after three days in order to demonstrate his power over sin and death that he returned to heaven he, he ascended back into glory and that he has promised that one day he will return again to establish his eternal kingdom and that God's people all who receive him will dwell with him and rule with him forever and ever we also believe about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is God. That the Holy Spirit inspired men uh, of old to write the, the book that we know as the Bible. That he did that through illuminating their understanding. He divinely inspired them. And that the Holy Spirit constantly exalts Jesus, constantly convicts uh, believers of, of sin and unbelievers of sin. He convicts of righteousness and judgment. And he calls all people towards the Savior. That the Holy Spirit is the one that actually affects any regeneration, any sanctification that comes in our lives. That he cultivates in us Christ-like character um, for all who have been born in him. We understand that the Holy Spirit comforts believers, that he gives gifts for the sake of his kingdom and for the church, and that the Holy Spirit was a seal literally placed in the life of everyone who comes to Jesus by faith, a seal of our eternal security in Christ. We also believe about the Bible that it is holy, that it was written by men who were divinely inspired by God, and it contains the perfect revelation of God himself, that it's perfect in, in 
all of its ways. It has God as its author and salvation for its end, that it's truth, and it has no mixture of error. And it reveals everything that God wants his people to know. And we believe that the Bible is best interpreted through the life and teachings of Jesus. And so we set out to do that. We also believe this about the Bible. That in our world, so many people try to sit, even Christians, try to sit in judgment of this book. We believe that this book should sit in judgment of us. And so we approach it that way. And so the Bible is, is uh, it, it, our lives center around that book. About human beings, we believe that all people, every person on this planet that has ever lived and died, currently living, is created in the image of God. And God's desire is that they would come to know him and come to be like him in character. And that every person has tremendous potential for good. But that every person has also been marred by sin. It is something that has infected every person that has ever lived on this planet except for Jesus. And that the only way to overcome sin is faith in Jesus Christ. Which leads us to our sixth essential belief and that's about salvation. Salvation is God's free gift. It's offered to everybody freely but we have to choose to accept it. We, we have to accept the invitation that Jesus gives us. We can never in anything that we do make up for our sin. We can never you know, improve ourselves to a point that through good works that we could be made right with God. Only in trusting Jesus and his offer of forgiving our sins can we be made right with God. And it's only when we turn from our own self-righteousness or self-ruled mentality and surrender and submit our lives to God that that transaction happens and then at that moment we begin eternity with God is what the Bible teaches and so that's what salvation is about we also hold to our seventh essential belief is related to eternal security because we believe that through Jesus Christ God gives us eternal life and that he also secures it that I don't keep it safe I don't keep it secure by my behavior that the way that God saved me by faith is the way that he secures my salvation and that my salvation your salvation if you're in Christ is maintained by the grace and power of God not by something you and I do our eighth uh, essential belief is about eternity. We believe that every human being that was ever created, that was ever born, was created as an eternal being. And that they will exist eternally in one of two places. In one place separated from God or in a place with God. And the only way that that, will, that decision is made is, is, is through that salvation that we talked about earlier. To be eternally separated from God, the Bible tells us, is a place called hell. To be eternally in existence with God is a place called heaven. And we believe that those are actual eternal places. That human beings will spend eternity one or the other. About family, we believe that marriage is the uniting of one man and one woman in covenant commitment for a lifetime. We believe it's a unique gift that God has given. That it actually reveals something of the covenant. The union between Christ and his church. We believe that it provides in, in marriage a framework for a, a man and woman to experience intimate companionship. It's the channel for sexual expression according to biblical standards. And it's the way in which God intended for the human race to procreate. That, in this context of marriage. About baptism, we believe Christian baptism is 
the immersion of believers. Now you're going to notice um, in your notes that we gave you a lot of information about baptism. Here's why. Because as we have taught these, we have found out there's more confusion about this. Especially for people who are coming from other denominations. So I'm going to summarize it with two words. Okay? Believers immersion. We believe that baptism is only for those who have, by faith, trusted Jesus. And then they are publicly declaring that I am following him, that he is my Savior and my Lord. He's the leader of my life. And because Jesus was baptized, he has called us to follow him in baptism. And that baptism, when done by immersion, clearly if you would, proclaims the truth of the gospel, which is Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And so we practice believers' immersion baptism. That's what it means to us. Now, if, if you are someone that's wanting to unite with our church from another faith, and maybe you were, you know, baptized or christened as an infant, or by some other mode other than immersion, and you want to talk about, I would love to sit down and talk. I'll even buy the coffee. Um, just, just call me, email me, and let me know. Um, because we, we want you to be a part of our church. But this is, every member of River Bluff Church has been baptized uh, by, by immersion. And so we want to, to encourage that. Now, I, I've asked uh, Terry Watkins. Terry is one of our other elders. Terry, if, Terry, hold on for a minute. I've got to do one more thing. <laughs> Sit right there. Pause. Pause. Um, because there's something that's very important for you and I to, to grab hold of about, about our essential beliefs. Um, and it's this. Um, and, and this is in your notes. In our essential beliefs, we ask for unity. So if, if, you're, if you're saying, well, you know, I believe, yeah, I, I can check off, I believe that about God and that about Jesus, but about the Bible, no, I don't believe that. You know, uh, about this part, I don't believe that. Then, then you're not going to be in unity with our church. And I would just say to you, you may want to find some other church. Okay? I don't mean that harshly. Uh, it's just the truth because in, in our essential beliefs, we, we want unity. We desire unity. We believe that God wants to bring that. In our non-essential beliefs, we, we ask for diversity. And so, for instance, in this church, there are people who believe that God did not put a dancing foot and a praying knee on the same leg. There, there are just some people who believe that. And th that they're not evil. There's nothing wrong with that. There are other people in, in this church that love to dance. And praise God for that. Now what we're asking for is diversity. We're not going to fight about dancing in this church. We're going to allow for diversity because it's a non-essential belief. In all our beliefs, here's what we ask for. Love. We ask that we love one another. And that... Well, it's really the core of all of those essential beliefs that God's Word points to is that we love God first and we love one another. Terry, I'm going to ask you to just come and lead us in prayer for those commitments, please, brother. Join me, please. Father, we praise you for your Word and your Holy Spirit in us who has given us these essential beliefs. We praise you for the unity you've given us. We praise you for the um, guidelines uh, that you've provided to us. Lord, today we pray for an internal revival in each one of us. 
Lord, every day, every morning, draw us back to you. Help us, Father, strengthen us as we battle the troubles in this world and Satan. And help us, Father, to tell him to get thee behind me. Use us, Father, as your lips, your legs, your hands, to be salt and light in a dark world. Guide us in all that we do. And Father, to you be the glory. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Lots of moving parts today. Um, one of the things that is important, I think, for us to grab hold of together, especially if you're considering uh, joining River Bluff Church, is this. We, um, we don't think of the church as just an organization. We think of the church as a living organism. And every living organism has some structure. You know, your body has a skeletal structure that kind of holds things in place. Well, our church also has structure. And I, I want to share that with you so you have some understanding uh, of what our structure looks like. Now, our, our church is, uh, has decided and it functions this way. We are, we are congregationally governed while simultaneously being leader-led. And those two things actually work together. And, and so in our church, one of the things that happens is the congregation nominates uh, men who meet the biblical qualifications of, 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 of deacons uh, who have a heart to serve and, and a lifestyle of service already in existence. And those names are brought to the elders and they, we, we kind of go through them to make sure they're meeting the biblical qualifications. And then if they're approved, this church... Uh, kind of lays hands on and on those men. And then from that group of men are selected our, our elders. And our elders are responsible for the overall uh, spiritual leadership and direction of our church. Now we have bylaws that govern, you know, some very specific legal things that we must do. Uh, and you can have a copy of those if you'd like access to one of those. But our, our church is led by elders. And there are uh, six elders currently. We don't have a, a set limit. We've been functioning kind of with that number. Um, the lead pastor is part of the elder team. They serve as one of the elders. They don't have a bigger vote in elders meetings than the, the, the other five do. Um, and so our, our, if you want to call it philosophy, is basically that the, the, the lead pastor is just um, the first among equals. We're just one of that group responsible to give spiritual direction to our church. Our church staff is supervised by, in, in this case, me, our, the lead pastor, and uh, other people that I designate. So I don't directly over, give oversight to each of our staff members. Some, sometimes others do that. But I'm ultimately accountable for, for our staff. Uh, for us, the Bible is the authority over everything. Now again, we have a document called bylaws so that we meet the, the, the state's requirements. But it, here's what I say. If you see us pull the bylaws out because of something that's going on in, in a meeting, we're in trouble. 
We're in trouble. And you better pray hard if we start pulling bylaws out. Because we, we function under the authority primarily of the scripture. Um, our decisions, we try to push down to the, the, the lowest level of leadership. We, we want to, to, to recognize leaders that God has in the body. And we want to turn them loose. We want to equip them, make sure they're part of our culture. But then we want to let them lead. Now, we hold quarterly family meetings for updates from ministry leaders. In our quarterly family meetings, if we have business to conduct, we conduct that. If there's a vote that needs to take place, we, we do this. Now, uh, as far as voting goes, our church votes annually every year uh, on, a, on a budget, on a unified budget that has been kind of put together. And uh, what happens is about the middle of, of the summer, our ministry leaders start making budget requests and they come to our financial director Don Stewart and he collates all those and he makes recommendations to the elders and the elders take that and they pray, we pray through it to see if we believe that this is, is from God. Sometimes we've sent it back and said we need you to change these numbers. Um, we need you to think a little differently. Um, but then annually the church votes to either approve or send it back. And um, then our church functions fiscally out of that. And every ministry leader then comes be responsible to steward that which was set aside by the church for that particular area of ministry. Now, our, we don't have a money tree somewhere. All the ministries of River Bluff Church are funded through the generous giving, um, sacrificial giving, obedient giving of God's people. And it helps us fund ministry that flow right out of this building. It helps us support uh, another campus that we have where we've got a, a church plant, uh, their Radiant Church, and other ministries that flow out of that campus as well. And so this is, that's how we function, is, uh, is, is through that. And so because of that, because we believe that uh, God's plan is to carry out ministry through tithes and generous offerings um, we know that people have uh, some tension when it comes to their money and so one of the things we began doing years ago is if you're not currently tithing and we believe it's the, the starting point for all generous giving in the kingdom of God if you're not currently doing that one of the things that we challenge you to do is to, is to take literally a, a, a tithing challenge and that is tithe for three months Biblically tied, 10%, the first 10% of your income, give it to the Lord, do it through River Bluff Church. We will keep a record of it if after the end of three months, you have not seen the blessing of God. Now, God doesn't play tit for tat. You give him a dollar, he gives you a thousand. That, that's not the way God's blessings always show up. They, they show up different ways. If after the end of three months, you haven't seen God's blessing on your life, because his word promises he will, if you tithe obediently, if you haven't seen it, uh, you go find Don. You don't have to, you don't have to come to me because I don't, I don't keep up with that. I don't know who gives what. You go find Don and we'll give you back all your money. Now, you have to do it in such a way that we can record it. You can't show up three months from today and say, Hey, Don, I gave a million dollars over the last three months. I'd like it back, please. You know, there, there, it had to be traceable. So you've got to do it through check or online giving or those kinds of things. Um, but we, we'll give you all your money back. Uh, because we believe that much. It's a money-back guarantee. We believe that God is faithful to his promises. And he has lots to say in his word about, uh, about, about finances. Another area of structure that we have um, has to do with how we care for one another and, and, and connection. And I want to say this. We believe ultimately that Christians 
care for Christians. Christians care for one another. There, there is no way to really ultimately hire out care. Okay, or assign care when it's done best. And so for us, we believe that this happens best through relationships, through deep connection. And so it's primarily the responsibility of the small group that you're a part of, the Bible study class that you're a part of, that ongoing group that you meet with continually for accountability and, and to be known, to be loved, to be served by so that you can turn serve others. And our goal is to help everybody that's a part of River Bluff Church find a group. But we know that there are times people are not connected. And for that reason, we have deacons. And part of their primary reason for existing is to serve the body. And we have three deacon team leaders. Our deacon ministry is focused geographically. And they work to try to get the body to care for one another geographically. They want to help you know your neighbor who are, are, are part of, of River Bluff Church. And so when needs come that maybe a small group can't meet that are a little bit larger than that. Or for somebody who's not connected in a group yet. We mobilize our deacon team. And we do that again geographically based uh, on, on where you live. So that's, that's a part of our structure. We also have a plan, and this is in, uh, also in your worksheet. Um, there, there's this triangle that I hope you have become familiar with that I, I want to walk through uh, for just a minute because it is, it, is, it is a core image, if you would, about who we are as the people of God here. And it's tied to our vision uh, of up, in, and out. But I want to give some specificity to it for just a minute. We, we believe that God wants every member of River Bluff to be in this relationship with him up uh, in relationship deep connection relationship with a smaller group of believers we call that in and then we want to see all of those people serving in those communities serving the lost and hurting world out so I just want to read to you what I would call some specifics of every member as it relates to up we want every member of River Bluff Church to be fully aware of who he or she is in Christ your identity in Christ we want we want to see because because the Bible calls this that we would constantly in our relationship with God be adjusting our lives to God's word. His plans for our lives. That we would be constantly growing in our knowledge of and love for God. That we would be living out through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that we would be discipling, training others to do the same thing. We also, when it comes to living the in life, we want to see every member of River Bluff Church functioning in a biblical community. A small group, a, a Bible study class, really kind of functioning as a family where accountability takes place. Where, you know, 58 times in the New Testament there's this phrase, one another. Love one another, care for one another, serve one another. That's where the one another's take place. They don't take place in this meeting. They take place best in small groups. And this is where needs get met and uh, emotional needs, physical needs, spiritual needs get met or in, in that in relationship. And this is where discipleship based, best takes place place. This is where you really make disciples. And so we want to see everybody living out that and training others to do the same way. And we also believe that God has called every member of River Bluff Church to live the out 
life and to do it in, in community. And that begins by seeing yourself, that you would see you and we see you, that every member of River Bluff Church is actually a minister. We're a kingdom representative of, of Jesus Christ and that we literally set out to engage the lost and hurting world to take the gospel to them and that we're committed to doing life that way. That's just a, the regular way that, that, that we would live life. And I've asked Jimmy Sanders if he would come. Uh, Jimmy's another one of our elders. And lead us in a time of prayer to be those people united that way. Uh, to li actually live out the prayer that Jesus prayed on the night before he would go through his suffering in John 17. Actually be those people who would be one just as, as the father and son are one. Jimmy, if you would, lead us in prayer, brother. As uh, Joe mentioned uh, from uh, John uh, chapter Chapter 17, uh, Jesus prays for you. And what a powerful passage that is. And so before I pray, I would like to, to read that uh, scripture. Uh, beginning in verse uh, 21 of chapter 17, he says, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, you are in me. May they experience, experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Uh, pray with me if you would. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to to pray together. And Father, we lift up all of our leaders who are uh, leading us to grow in a deeper relationship with you. We ask, Father, that as they continue to seek your face, may you continue to show us uh, how you want us to live out our lives. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity that you give us every Sunday to give back a portion to what you've given us. For we recognize that we don't own anything because you own everything. And so Father, may we be generous in our giving, not only in our time, our talents, but also our giving. May it be sacrificially. And Father, we know that the blessings come far more than we ever imagined because you do that for us because you for the people in this room today that we call River Bluff family and father we recognize this morning that we can't do life without each other we need each other to to help us be accountable help us to grow in faith we thank you for that happening through small groups, through Sunday school classes, uh, Bible studies throughout the year. And may we continue to always search you and to know you deeper. And Father, thank you for the up, in and out, how you uh, provide for us each day, how you help us to grow in relationship with you. Uh, on a daily basis and then with others and then uh, going out and doing uh, uh, on mission for you ministry opportunities that you provide us 
I'm so thankful for uh, the folks that have been in my small group over the years, uh, the relationships that have been built. And Father, we thank you for the love that we have for one another. And as we continue to worship, may you continue uh, uh, to just minister to our hearts. Father, we recognize today that you are speaking to us. And may we be obedient in what you tell us to do. For it's in the power and the wonderful name of Father, we, we come declaring, God, that we are yours. We're your kids. We're loved by you. And we're grateful, God, for that. And so, God, I pray that the joy that we have here, the grace that you have poured out on us would move our hearts out into our communities, to our places of employment, out into the world, taking the gospel. So help us think about that call on our lives right now in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to close by thinking about that, a little more about that out portion of the journey on that triangle. And uh, so if you're, if you're following along uh, in that, there's a section called missional living that I hope you will kind of get connected to here because uh, one of the things we believe is that God blesses us so that we'll be a blessing. God, God's great desire is to, is to pour out his blessing in our lives. And so there's a simple acrostic that we use around here that we want every member of River Bluff to kind of take into themselves, own, and then put on display. And it's just this idea that our life bless. And we talk about it this way, that we, every blessing in the life of another person begins with prayer. If I'm going to set out to bless somebody's life, if I want to take the gospel to them, to take Jesus to them, it needs to begin in prayer. I need to talk to God about them before I talk to them. So we begin with prayer. Secondly, I need to be a person who's willing to listen. To hear their heart. To hear their struggles. To hear, the, hear their life. Sometimes we think we just want to run in and hit them with the gospel. Well, part of the gospel is relational. That's how Jesus comes to you. He comes relationally. And so we need to become people who listen. The E in bless is eat. Because we love to do that, don't we? Yeah, but we also find that people let you into their lives deeper in fellowship. If you will take that kind of time to, to have coffee with them, to eat with them, to fellowship at that intimate level, it, it can change everything and then sit out to serve them. Uh, church, I, I want to say this. If you're not willing to serve somebody, you're, willing, you're really not willing to share Jesus with them. All you're wanting to do is some kind of notch on your belt or something. Because it requires that we love them enough to serve them to win the right to share. And that's the last part of this acrostic is you share. You don't, you don't have to know all the scripture. You don't have to know the Roman road. All you have to know is your story. What does Jesus mean to you? How has he changed your life? You just share that story with them and invite them to receive that Jesus that has saved you, that has transformed your life. And so we want to be a blessing to the greater Charleston area, but we want to bring that down to individually blessing those that God gives us influence over. We also want to be uh, not only doing that individually, we want to see ourselves as family uh, on mission. We, we want to understand that that's, that's who we are. We, we, 
sometimes people think about the church and, and say things like the church is, is like a family. Well, we're not like a family. According to the scriptures, we are a family. And we want to see all of our small groups and Bible studies and classes see themselves as groups living on this mission together. Being on mission with God. And so what, what it looks like is that every, every River Bluff group, we get together, we gather for worship. But then we, we, we scatter. We scatter on mission with God out into the world. Right where you live, work, and play. And so every, every small group needs to be looking in their own uh, area where they're meeting and gathering. Looking for ways to bless. Ways to engage. Where, ways to minister exactly where you're located. Right in the neighborhood that you're located in. And that's, that's part of the strategy of helping every man, woman, and child experience the gospel and be able to respond to it without ever showing up here first because people want to know about Jesus they don't necessarily want to know about your church many people love to hear about Jesus but are confused by the church and so what we do is we take Jesus and then we invite them to become part of this church that's kind of the strategy around here now I want you to pull that blue sheet back out because I want to I want to walk you through this some people wonder, why, why for church membership do you do a covenant? Well, we do it because we believe that our God is a covenant-keeping, covenant-making God. That the very first relationship that he forged uh, that we see in scripture powerfully after um, the fall, he forged this great relationship in covenant. God gave us this thing called marriage to express covenant between a man, a woman, and God. You know, one of, the, one of the first things we do in premarital counseling around here is we point to a covenant relationship. We, we help people understand that our vows in marriage are covenant-based. That somebody says, I'll do this. And the other person says, I'll do this. The husband promises certain things. The wife promises certain things. Uh, parents in, in our state are, are recognized as having a covenant relationship with our children. You're given a birth certificate that states you have a covenant relationship with that child. Even if they're adopted. There's this kind of covenant that exists. And the, the, the scriptures speak of the church as family. And there's a covenant that exists in, in a family. And because the scripture does that so well, uh, and because we want to express that in, in the way that we live here at River Bluff, in order to be a member, you have to say, I'm part of this covenant. Now, here's what I'm going to ask everybody to consider. Many of you here have already signed this covenant. Many of you here are living this covenant out. But I'm going to ask everyone who's a member of River Bluff Church this morning, would you renew? Would you just refresh your commitment to be in covenant saying, this is my church. I believe in the vision that God has given us. I believe in the, the mission that God has given us. I, I want to pursue this. I, I want to live the up and out life. I want to celebrate that. I want to be on mission with God through this. Then I'm just going to ask you to, to, to sign and check that little box that says I'm renewing my, my covenant commitment to River Bluff Church. Give us that other information so we have accurate, you know, best phone, best email.
If, you're, if you've been attending River Bluff for a while, this may be the next uh, decision you need to make on your spiritual journey. And that is to say, I want to join this church. I, be, I don't want to just be a spectator. I want in. I want to I commit myself fully to the ministry and life of River Bluff Church. And there's a box there for you. It just simply says, I would like to join River Bluff Church today. And you give us that information, you sign this, this covenant, and then um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have one of our membership coaches contact you this coming week to, to set up a time for them to meet with you for about 10 or 15 minutes at a time and a location. It'll be convenient for you. And, uh, and you'll turn uh, this, this into them. Well, no, that's not true because you're going to turn it in today. I'm sorry. They'll bring this with them. Uh, to that meeting and, uh, and connect with you. We want to get some additional information about maybe where you've served before and, and gifts you believe that you've had. Um, but we, we want to take that step. But my, the plan is, is for everyone here today to have an opportunity to sign up. Now, some of you are saying, okay, I had no earthly idea. This is my first time here. I didn't know what y'all were doing today. Um, but I'm, I'm interested. I want to know more about membership at River Bluff Church. I'd like to talk to somebody about membership. You can check that box and turn this in. Now our ushers um, have already uh, done the collection that we were going to do now and that's okay. Um, it all worked out really, really good. But I, I want to take a moment and I want to pray. I want to pray for you about this decision and I want to pray for our church um, and, uh, and then we're going to kind of close in worship because so much of signing a covenant is for a greater cause and that cause is the cause of Christ out there. So I want us to take a moment and just pray together um, after I walk us through these covenant commitments. So if you've, if you've got that worksheet you'll see this there already but I just wanted to, to read through these covenants um, these covenant commitments. The first one is this. I will protect the unity of my church. You would be saying, I would do that if I'm a member of this church. I, would, I will protect the unity. I'll do it by acting in love towards other members, by refusing to gossip, by following the leaders. There's some scriptural support for each of those there. Uh, number two, I will share the responsibility of my church by praying for its growth, by inviting the unchurched to attend, by warmly welcoming those who visit. Third covenant commitment is this. I will serve the ministry of my church by discovering my spiritual gifts and talents. By being equipped to serve. By developing a servant's heart. And the fourth covenant commitment of River Bluff Church is I will support the testimony of my church by attending faithfully. By living a godly life. And by giving regularly. Now, if, if you would recommit to those today as a member, or if you would, for the very first time, say, I will, I will take that step. I want to I make that covenant commitment. I'm just going to ask you, after I pray, to just sign that. And on your way out, there are tables at each door. I just want you to drop those sheets at the table. Um, I'm making an audible call. We're changing the way we're going to end. Okay? I'll tell you that in a minute. But let me pray. Father God, we come right now in the name of Jesus. Knowing, God, that you don't call everybody who shows up here to be a part of this church. That you have, may have a plan for them to be somewhere else. But, God, we come believing that you have called us together as a family to be a people on mission with you. Committed, God, to you, but then committed to one another deeply. And so, Father, I pray that you would lead in this time. 
This time where people were making decisions of, of whether they're going to recommit or whether they're going to commit for the first time or whether they have some questions. But God, right now, I just pray that you would have your way in all of our lives, that you would speak to us, Holy Spirit, and we would, we would respond according to your call in our lives. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, we're not going to do the last song. Okay? Here's what we're going to do. Guy Smith, are you in the room? Come up here, buddy. Um, we are going to go eat. And there are probably some directions that Guy can give us that will help expedite you getting your body in proximity to the food quickest. Because I know that's on your mind right now. Okay? If, you're, if you came here today and you did not come prepared, you didn't bring a meal, our, our family made enough for you. So we would love for you to stay and be a part of our fellowship afterwards uh, today. So um, please, don't, please don't leave. Uh, please plan to stay. Again, we've got enough food for everybody. Um, Guy is going to give us some directions and then he's going to pray and ask God to bless our fellowship and the food together. Guy, if you would. Real simple, real simple. Go out these two doors, go straight back. There are three tables. There's lines on both sides of the tables. Okay, so don't just cut caught up in one line or the other. Just make it easily through there. On the far side is water outside. There are drink tables on either side. It's very well laid out. Um, but just make sure you keep on moving through there and get plenty of food because there's a lot out there. So let me pray for us. Father God, thank you for this day. Lord, it's been a good day. It's been a good day just talking about um, who you are, talking about our relationship to you and how we can be the family that you put here at River Bluff Church. So I thank you for each and every one that is here. I thank you for this family that has meant so much to so many people and for how much it means to our area of accountability here in North Charleston. So I thank you. I also thank you for all the hands that prepared the food that we're getting ready to partake in. We're getting ready to have some good home cooking, Lord. So I just thank you for that. Lord, as we go through there, help us to enjoy each other. Help us to get to know somebody maybe we didn't get to know. Help us to eat this great food, Lord, and help it to bless our lives. As we go, so we can bless others. As we go to where we live, work, and play. We're thankful for you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. If you have kids in River Kids, you need to get them. Yeah, they are your covenant responsibility. Don't forget them, okay? Because they're, they're hungry too. God bless you. We'll see you next week after the whole celebration is over. Thanks for listening. If you're in North Charleston this Sunday, please consider visiting us at our 9 o'clock or 11.30 services. We'd love to see you. Again, for more information, visit riverbluff.org. Now go change the world.